Oil risk assets have taken a bit of a hit, particularly U.S. equities, whilst oil has shown a big fall. Why? Well, we'll try and figure it out because it's not a session with much in the way of new news. Even the RBA yesterday stuck to the script. No surprises, no giveaways on where next. We'll look at that today. But the Bank of Canada, that's a different kettle of fish standing by for their news later tonight. It's Wednesday, the 7th of December, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is rising this morning. It's up a quarter percent on the DXY. The pound is down a quarter percent. The euro down almost as much. The Canadian dollar, it's down half a percent. The Aussie dollar uh, still just below 67 US cents. Not a lot of movement there. And US shares are down again. Another 2% off the NASDAQ, 1.4% off the S&P 500 at close and 1% fall in the Dow. The same story across Europe with the DAX down 0.7%. The FTSE 100 off by 0.6%. The Eurostoxx 50 down 0.4%. With bonds, a five basis point drop for 10-year treasuries. But in Europe, German 10-year bond yields down eight basis points. Same in Spain, 10 years down seven basis points in France and the Netherlands and down 10 in Italy. And Aussie 10-year yields are up three basis points, or they were up to 3.39% yesterday, but down by five basis points since on futures. So it's a session of not particularly big moves. What moves there have been have sort of happened uh, just before the, uh, the, the market's close for equities in the United States. Uh, oil, though, that has been well down all session. We've got a 3.3% down in WTI, down to almost $74 now. Brent is down 3.7%, falling below $80. That's going to help with inflation, hasn't it? Uh, but let's uh, let's have a look at uh, some of those moves overnight. We'll also look at uh, the RBA in just a second. But first of all, uh, NAB's Ken Compton in Sydney joins me. So this fall in equities uh, in the US overnight and the drop in oil. I mean, presumably this is just the continued response to, you know, to the string of data we're seeing in the US that, you know, the good news is bad news scenario that's suggesting the Fed is going to go harder and the recession will go deeper when it hits. Is that sort of what we're seeing again today? It's difficult. It's a bit all over the place, isn't it, today? Yeah, it certainly does feel like a bit of a continuation of those moves from Friday night, Phil, with the that above expectations payrolls print. I think particularly the strong um, you know, hourly earnings data that we uh, the, that we got there. I mean, we saw a little bit of a, a little bit of an attempt for a for sort of a more assertive sell-off in Treasuries yesterday, but ultimately yeah, that that's faded again. We've got them back down towards you know three point five five percent now for for 10 year. I mean, it's been a relatively uniform move across the curve. So the US curve stays steeply inverted, which is you know, obviously indicative that the market is is thinking the Fed is going to go quite uh, quite quite restrictive. I mean, something else that's interesting in in that sense is markets' expectations of inflation had actually been rallying quite quite a bit over the past month or so, which tends to happen uh, when you get uh, Fed expectations pulling back a little bit. You know, we did see them drop below five percent briefly. Uh, yeah. Uh, in the middle of last week, and at that point, you had the market's expectation for ten-year inflation, um, you know, beginning to rise. The past couple of days, that's fallen sharply, which is is another indicator uh, for mine, as well, as well as the inverted curve that uh, the the market does really fear. Uh, yeah, an overly restrictive Fed. Yeah, and numbers. I mean, no big numbers. We had we we got the uh, the US uh, uh, trade number, so their trade deficit uh, is is widening a little bit. Hardly a surprise, is it? We've got a strong US dollar and a global downturn. So America, obviously, exporting less. So exports fell 0.7 percent in October. Uh, actually, a much bigger drop if you just look at goods exports. Uh, interestingly, uh, their oil exports picked up last last week, 11.8 million barrels a day, but. Uh, the fall we're seeing today in all, that's interesting, isn't it? I mean, you'd think that China opening up story 
uh, would suggest, you know, that we'd, we'd actually see oil going the other way. But big drops in oil this morning. Have you got a theory on, on that? Uh, must admit, I don't have anything that can quite square the circle in um, in, in those, you know, sort of four and a half, five percent drops in crude overnight. Um, yeah. Certainly, the news coming out of uh, Beijing yesterday that uh, that there was going to be uh, sort of a, a reduced testing regime for for COVID and in general, sort of freer movement overall, which sh- should ordinarily have been a, a bit of a boost for oil. bit of a red flag yeah. or a, or a green flag, yeah. I suppose. I don't know if it, for oil demand, but that, but that hasn't really been seen in pricing, or at least it hasn't really persisted overnight. So. Mm. Um, you know, oh well. I think the um, the sort of general malaise around um, sort of potentially weaker growth globally, I guess, is you know, is maybe outweighing that. Although, of course, the, what, what little data we did get overnight, I guess, maybe in um, Germany in particular from factory orders, maybe that weighs against that theory. But um, yeah, well, which was zero point eight percent up month on month in October, which was way more than expected after two months of falls. And the second of those months was actually revised up a little, so not as bad as we thought. So, you know, maybe Europe is weathering the storm a little better than anticipated, but this is this is, this is is one month of many, isn't it? Yeah, and certainly the, the, the market did oh, rates markets did, um, did did sell off on that on that immediate news with the rates moving higher, but that but that moves faded as well, and in fact, uh, you know, German bonds have been the global outperformer overnight. So with Tiwi bonds, bond yields down about ten basis points versus only about one and a half, two points in in the US. So once again, the the market's sort of mm. willing to to look through that to a to a large extent, I suppose, against the broader backdrop of, of I guess, what the market hopes is uh, is, is slowing. Is is slower data. Yeah. Look, uh, Ken, I won't come back to you in a second. I mean, it has been, it's been a slow night, hasn't it? But yesterday, <laughs> uh, I mean, there, there's some stuff going on today, which we'll come back to in just a second. Yesterday, the RBA didn't add much excitement either, did it? Uh, we had a 25 basis point rise, as expected. Not much in the way of forward guidance. Not a massive market reaction. Ivan Cahoon is here to talk about that as well. Uh, so uh, a meeting with no surprises, pretty much. Is that the case, Ivan? Yeah, I have to say yes, pretty much. Um <laughs> It was widely expected, almost unanimously. I think one or two economists thought they might go 15 basis points. Um, but you know, there were a lot of messages which were pretty consistent. Um, and the, the really important paragraph is always the last paragraph. Mm. And in that, they said they continue to expect to raise interest rates further. That's their expectation. Um, and they're really committed to getting inflation back to two to three percent. Right. Okay. Do uh, it's sort of like standard uh, central bank speak there, isn't it? But I, but I guess we can imply out of that, which we've been saying on the podcast for a long time now, no pauses coming, is it? Well, I, look, I think there's a couple of things um, that you need to think about. One is they are very cognizant of the um, lags in monetary policy. And the way banks work, we adjust um, mortgage repayments with at least a three-month lag from the moves in RBA interest rates. So um, the data we've been seeing recently for November, um, or for October actually, really reflects interest rates as they were back in July. And at that stage, they weren't very high. So we're certainly expecting that by the time we get through, you know, into quarter one, we'll be finding that interest rates and repayments are quite a lot higher. So that's where we'd expect to see more of the uh, impact coming through on the economy. Right. So they and will... And so that's, that's when they might think about, okay, let's um, let's see how the data's going in, in February, March, more March, April, I think. Mm. It's more likely for a pause, that, that sort of time frame. 
Right, and they've got the luxury to do that, of course, because they meet every month, which not all central banks do. So, so this approach of well, let's let's just wait and see, let's see what the data says. They've got uh, more more ability to react to, to that than most. So, hence, not much in the way of forward forward guidance right now because they are just going to sit it out and wait. Yeah, I think all central banks are telling you the same thing. Mm. They're saying we're going to get inflation down. Um, there, there's a few shifts going on. Even the Fed has been signalling at some stage it will be appropriate to scale back the rate of increase. And you, know, you think about the challenge in in the olden days, central banks would be have raised rates ahead of inflation. This has been a particularly unusual cycle, compounded by central banks deciding that average inflation targeting might be a good idea, or you know, ex-post inflation might be a good idea. That is obviously, I think, a bad decision. Mm. So now they're trying to set rates to bring inflation down. And in Australia, I think this is a really important point that a lot of overseas customers ask about, the difference in the RBA. And I think the big difference here is our governor does want to keep as much of the gains in unemployment as we've seen as possible while also returning inflation to a lower number, you know, back to the range. Mm. Um, and the numbers are, you know, they're really impressive. 200,000 Australians are unemployed, less are unemployed than was the case pre-COVID. Yeah. That's a great um, benefit to society. But can that be done without seeing uh, wages start to spike? That's the big question, isn't it? Yeah, well, the, the data is pretty strong on wages. Um, so that's that's their challenge. Mm. I think that uh, that's why they, I think they're saying they're going to continue to push rates up. Uh, they need to be a bit tighter. Uh, NAB's expecting that we they push rates up again in February. I think that's pretty hard to see them not doing that because we're going to see a CPI print of over eight percent. Um, around eight, but probably maybe even a little bit over. So, what's the what's so the expectation pretty, for what's the expectation for the final the the, the, the top rate then, Ivan? And and what's the and, you know what's the what, what's the NAB take and what's the market's expectations? Well, the market, interestingly, for the first time, the market is below our forecast. So mm. we're saying there'll be another two hikes to three point six. The market was pricing three and a half. So a bit of a change there. Um, I think uh, it'd be interesting uh, to see how that all pans out. But you know, I'm, I'm sort of I wasn't comfortable. I thought there were risks, upside risks to our view of 3.1 uh, as the peak. Uh, about 3.6. You know, I think that's reasonably comfortable at this stage. Right, a lot less than the rest of the world or many other parts of the world. Anyway, let's so let's let's hope they can yeah. pull it off. Good to talk, Ivan. Let's go. Let's go back to Ken. So we get the uh, the GDP numbers for Australia for Q3 today. Quarter on quarter, we're expecting to see a slowdown. Uh, but you know, still six point two percent year on year. So the, the slowdown, you know, is really yet to happen, hasn't it? Yeah, arguably it's a bit of a slow slowdown. Maybe that's one way to to put yeah. it. And I guess that's been that has <laughs> been the challenge for central banks, hasn't it? I mean, NAB has revised up our estimates yesterday, so we're now looking for a point eight uh, point eight quarter on quarter for for GDP in Australia today. I think consensus is a little bit 
softer than that. Um, we got the last round of partial data out yesterday, and on the back of that, I think in particular, some of the notable points there was that the um, was was that trade is going to subtract a little bit less from GDP than we had initially thought. So, um, so we've got about um, about a minus point two impact there from trade. We had been looking for a, a little bit more than that. I mean, some of the other indicators that, that have come through over the past couple of days have been relatively strong as well. I mean, you know, we saw the um, the, the business indicators data in particular, which talked about um, sort of private sector wage growth. That That's sort of more important for um, our, I guess, our RBA expectations than GDP. But I mean, in amongst the the, the partials that we saw yesterday, the trade balance in particular, I think one of the interesting things there was that we did get our first current account deficit in, in three and a half years. And um, one of the big drivers behind that was, was dividend outflows uh, from the primary from the primary income deficit. So that is reflective of, obviously, we've got very strong um, profitability amongst the mining mining companies at the moment due to, due to commodities and um, with a lot of their sort of profits flowing offshore via dividend payments, etc. Uh, that, that was a massive impact on the um, wow. on the primary income deficit. So that was an interesting, interesting point there. First trade deficit in three and a half years. Yeah, okay. And, and look, don't listen to me. Yesterday, just as a thorough remark, I said that uh, building work in New Zealand would be down and here we are overnight uh, or yesterday, uh, we actually grew 3.8%, so more resilient. So we'll gloss over. That's why you should listen to you guys and not listen to me. Uh, but let's talk about the Bank of Canada. Early tomorrow morning, uh, I mean, we've already seen the Canadian dollar. Actually, the, the, the one currency that has been moving a, a, a fair bit in the last 24 hours. So the question is, is it 25 basis points or is it 50 basis points? It's, it, it's a close call, isn't it? But they still have a strong jobs market there. CPI headline rate is 6.9%. They've got this very deep yield curve inversion, more than the United States even. So how do you balance all of that out and uh, come to a conclusion about what they're going to do? Yeah, it is going to be an incredibly finely balanced decision. And I think, um, you know, if you look at the, the Bloomberg consensus, I think economists are very nearly, are very evenly split on that. I think the you know, consensus uh, has landed at 50, but only by a majority of, of one uh, amongst market pricing. Market pricing is actually a little bit closer to 25. I think there's about 34, 35 basis points priced. So, I mean, and a lot of the a lot of the thinking from people around their forecast really does almost centre on the psychology of, of how near they are to the end rather than anything, any sort of specific smoking gun in the data that should point to the need for, for 25 or 50. I mean, I think one thing you can be sure of is that if, if there is a 50, it's probably going to come with a somewhat dovish statement implying that they're close to the end, whereas if they do 25, um, yeah, that, that's going to be a relatively relatively hawkish statement, I would expect. Um, yeah, they've got language in their language in their statement about um, whether they will need to keep raising rates. I'd expect that stays if we if if they're only going to do twenty five. You know, at twenty five, that lifts their cash rate to to four or four four and a quarter. Obviously, if if, if they go fifty, yeah, and yeah, they've got the same data challenges that yeah that just just outlined there. You know, they've had one CPI print since their last meeting. It hasn't hasn't shown any sort of movement on one way or the other and their labour market remains reasonably robust which is obviously the challenge that that we're seeing you know, with, with payroll stuff in the US um, and even in Australia to yeah. some extent. You know, there, there's early indicators everywhere that uh, that labour markets are starting to soften. A lot of news stories out overnight, I mean more US based than Canada admittedly, um, but sort of taking global perspective on, on labour force, you know, we're starting to see more and more stories about substantial layoffs across various, um, various industries, you know, broadening out from tech now as well, so yeah. there is some early signs. We're there, not seeing so. them quite so much in official numbers just yet, are we? So I mean, no. so if if the Bank of Canada is close to the end, 
I mean, they are a bit like the canary in the coal mine, aren't they? I mean, everyone's going to be looking and saying, well, if they've finished, if they think the job's done, let's give it a few months and uh, then their economy will start to turn. Uh, inflation will start to, to, to fall back down again. And uh, we all know that this whole process works. And so we can rest easy on that. Uh, there's, there's an optimistic outlook for you, Ken. Yeah, well, they've been at the vanguard of front-loading, obviously, having started to go 100 basis points back as early as July. Um, I guess, yeah, the RBNZ arguably was, um, was, was, was an early mover as well, but I guess similarly hasn't necessarily still find themselves talking very hawkishly so mm. there's uh there's there's no set formulas that are that, that are working at the moment no there certainly isn't oh well uh, let's see what happens today good to talk catch you again soon ken thanks thanks phil maybe equity markets are just going down so they can get ready for that santa bounce that's going to happen just before christmas or perhaps not we'll see uh that's it for today i'm phil dobby for now back again tomorrow morning for another one see you then